0: Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Loria. Wasn't that beautiful? 2 weeks ago I spoke that we are in the last days before the Lord's coming. And I hope you continue thinking about that, especially when things are deteriorating. I'd like to say things are getting better. I'm an optimistic guy, but in the world uh, they are not. And this is what the Lord prophesied and all the prophets do. So today I thought of drawing your attention to a few things that's happening in the Christian world with regards to the Lord's, Lord's coming. And I took Uh, my subject from uh, Revelations, Chapter 3. Revelations, Chapter 3. Verse 14. The letter of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to the church of Laodicea. And uh, I took some verses. The interpretation of uh, the word Laodicea is a a People's Choice Church, People's Choice Church. Remember that. Or the Apostate Church. Or the Church of the Rights of the People. You You can choose any of these titles. And I'll start verse 14. And to the angels of the Church of Laodicea, write. That's the Lord is speaking. The amen, the faithful, and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm, and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth, this is God speaking. Because you say, and is this, this, is the, this is the situation, this is the condition of the universal church today. Because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. I advise you to buy From me gold refined by fire. That you may become rich. And white garments that you may close yourself. And that the shame of your nakedness. May not be revealed. And I solve. To anoint your eyes. That you may see. Those whom I love. The Lord still speaking. I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, and he will dine with him. I will dine with him, and he will die. With me. The Lord is standing outside these churches today and He's knocking at their doors. We see in this chapter that the Lord is standing outside. And this is the condition today of the universal church. It is sitting comfortably in its circumstances, self-satisfied, self-righteous, and in need of nothing. This is what the prophecy is. This is what the word is saying. Its doors are wide open. Its motto says, all religions lead to heaven. This is the word today. All religions are good religions and every religion you take will lead you to heaven. And what really angered me when I was watching last week a video about Billy Graham and his ministry, that there were many parties working against him and saying, this is showmanship. Why? Because they did not like the message of the cross. This is why. Because the me- his message never changes. And his message never changed. Always Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from sin. And I am thankful that this is the motto of our church. That Jesus saves through his blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. And by the grace of God, we will never change. We stand firm on that until the Lord comes. But there are many today. They do not like that. They are preaching oh tolerance to every walk in life and welcome them and gather them. And there are so many, so many today are working against the cross of Christ. And if I get emotional today, I ask you to forgive me because I, I love my Jesus. I love my Jesus. And he died on the cross of Calvary to save us, to save humanity, yet, yet, they are denying the work of the cross in their lives. The message of the churches today, as it were during these days, is we want to be politically correct. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You just, you just translate it the way you want. We want to please the crowd. They are boasting in inflated membership. I was talking to one of my friends this morning, he says, "Do you know such a such church has 3,000 to, 3,500 members?" I said, "Yeah, I believe that. And there are thousands, thousands like that in the world. They, there they sit once in a while and sing a hymn, and go out and live their life. The gospel of Jesus Christ, let me be so clear with that, does not move these people who are sitting in their churches, not even opening the Bible to read his word. They have no conviction in their lives, and it's like someone who said, "Listen to this." Like the man in Kansas, I have nothing against Kansas. Okay, those people from Kansas here, I love you. <laughs> like the man, the man in the Kansas revival meeting, who told the preacher that he did not want to go to he- to heaven nor hell. Can you tell me when someone comes to you as a preacher, say, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to heaven. What are you going to do? And you know what he said? I simply wanted to live right in Kansas. He goes on to say, the preacher, they are too cold to boil and too warm to freeze. (laughs) Did you get that? Leave me alone in Kansas. There they sit, and once in a while, after the preacher has preached his heart out, they look at him and say, you don't mean me, do you? I'm very comfortable in my church. And there are so many today. They go to church to get get comfortable. Well, I tell you one thing. We offered you comfortable seats, but I hope you don't get comfortable if there is any sin in your life They hated the America's pastor because he always said you are a sinful man and who or woman you need Christ to save you from sin And I hope you don't get comfortable unless you're comfortable in Jesus Christ. This is why the Lord ends his message to the church here in Laodicea. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. What happened to the Lord in the church? What happened to where two or three are gathered together? The Bible says, there I shall be in their midst. What happened to that? What happened that we see him now standing outside at the door, begging and knocking? And mind you, I said that before about eight years ago. I said, well, that door does not have a knob on the outside. The knob is on the inside. And if he, this is why he appeals and he says, if you hear my voice, please turn the knob, open the door, and let me in. If you're sitting in this chair, and I hope you're comfortable, and you know Jesus is not in your heart, you know that Jesus is not in your life, in your home, in your relationship, please extend your hand to that knob. Open the door and let him come in. Let him come in and taste how good is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But he's outside. He's on the outside. And uh, let's hear him, what he had, what kind of message, briefly, to the church there. He, the Lord gives, I want to give you a couple of points here. The Lord gives a complaint and offers a counsel to this church. Let's read it. As usual, the complaint is prefaced with a statement of knowledge. I, he says, I know Your deeds. Verse 15. I know. What a soft and wonderful Savior we have. I know your deeds. And if I have a complaint against you. It's based on this knowledge. I know. That means he has a knowledge. That the church there. Okay. Is a lukewarm church. Let's stop a little bit here. And a lukewarm church, it is neither hot nor cold. Like the man, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to heaven. I want to stay in Kansas. I don't want the church. I don't want the world. Where do you want to be? Leave me as I am. Well, if I leave you as you are this this afternoon now, you will have uh, an eternity without Christ. But if I beg you and appeal to you, and you're convicted by the Holy Spirit, and you give your life to Jesus Christ, and you extend your hand and open that door, he will come to you, he will sup with you, you'll have a great dinner with him, you'll have a great relationship with him, and you will have a great eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to leave you. You might want to hate me at the end of the message, but that's all right. We'll still be friends. I still love you and welcome you. It's neither hot nor cold. The people he says are neutral. Do we have neutral people here? They are not fully committed. I'm going to slow on this. And the Lord will not tolerate that, I guarantee you. He does not like neutrality. He loves committed people. He loves people on fire. He loves zealous people. He loves people who love Him and live according to His will. And we need to look inside. And he declares that the person who is not with him or for him is against him. So, where's the neutrality? There's no, don't involve me. Don't sit on the fence and look around. Sitting on the fence is being neutral, and God hates neutrality. (coughs) The Lord will not put up with the social religion that is being preached today. Everybody is in, just come to church, bring yourself, bring your money and come to church. (coughs) And suddenly we have 2000 members Jesus will not put up with this. Jesus is standing still at the door. And you know who hinders the church's growth nowadays? Those neutral people. We call them, if you wish, carnal. You want to call them nominal. You want to call them uh, pseudo-Christians you're free to do that but they are keeping the people outside from coming in. Vance Havner once said sometimes we have everything in our churches but the Lord we have the programs we have the music we have the preachers We have everything for activities to entertain people. And the church is full, except the Lord. I'd rather have 200 people in a church honoring God than have 2,000 just coming to say, because we attended a church. He said, I know your deeds. But, there's a big but here, you are lukewarm. Are we lukewarm? Are we on fire? Do we have the zeal that was during the first century church? Or slowly, slowly, we grew colder and colder and colder, and then we became a lukewarm and we're happy in our state. I hope not. Not in this church. And I don't like to see it. Nowadays, because churches are getting comfortable in what they have. They have canceled, listen to this, and it's based on the truth. I don't want to name anybody. They have canceled Bible studies. You can seldom find a Bible study on a Wednesday night, which is a traditional night, midweek, for Bible study. And they let it be a, like social gatherings in the homes. And you have a book, study it and have social gatherings with coffee and cake and what have you. We still believe in Bible studies. We still believe that the word of God directs the footsteps of man and woman. It is a light to our footsteps. And we will not substitute a Bible study for a social gathering. We'll not substitute a worship meeting. We had a worship meeting this morning. The breaking of bread meeting. And I, th- I thought it was a glorious meeting this morning. Right? You men and women who were here. And this is what we need to continue. Breaking of bread. Teaching the word. fellowshipping, And prayer meetings. Prayer meetings have been canceled. there are non-existent. This is a universal church that preaches tolerance and welcome everyone and everybody is going to go to heaven. Or maybe the word heaven is not mentioned. Where are we? Are we taking a stand? Are we taking a stand? I belong to a denomination. Thank you. I belong to a denomination. Denomination is not going to take you to heaven. I belong to the Baptist church. Baptist church is not going to take you to heaven. I belong to San Ramon Valley Bible Church. They teach the Bible there. Membership in San Ramon Valley Bible Church without being saved and washed by the blood of Christ is not going to take you to heaven. The only thing that's going to take you to heaven is Jesus Christ Accept him as Savior. Stretch your hand, touch that knob, and let him in. Is he your savior? Don't say, yeah, I I guess so. No, no. You ask me, Adol, is Jesus your savior? I said, I bet you 20 million percent that I have Jesus Christ as my savior. And if I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And there's no if. If. And I don't need a priest. I don't need a preacher. I don't need a pastor to show me to heaven. If I die, I am going to heaven. When the, when the thief died, did he need a priest? We talked about that two three weeks ago. Did he? He says, you are my Lord. Remember me. He said, that's enough for me. That's enough. All you need is to take him as your Savior. And today, the ecumenical church, the universal church are working day and night against the word of God. And this is why I am so... Anybody hears my voice? Do you hear his voice this morning? Anyone who hears my voice, we do not hear him. You know why? Because we are not listening. My wife sometimes talks to me and think of something else. Honey, are you listening? Oh yeah, oh, repeat that. I don't want to say I'm listening, I'm not. Would you repeat that? She's she's laughing in the back there. <laughs> are we listening? We are too busy. It's the story of two little girls who were looking at the great picture of Christ standing at the door. I saw saw this picture. It affected me a lot. Someone painted this picture. Christ standing at the door and knocking. So they saw it. One asked the other, why don't they let him in? The other replied, maybe they're down in the basement and can't hear him. I read a comment on this that says, too often we are down in the basement of our lower selves, in sin, the sellers of selfishness, and we hear not his voice there. And the picture that was on the wall, and the picture that we have here, that Christ is standing outside is a true picture of the church today, of the look, if there's such a word, lukewarmness of the church toward Christ today. He can enter your church through your heart. And he enters the churches through the hearts of the people. So he is appealing today. And when the door is opened, what do you think is going to happen? He's going to come in. And what a day that will be when Christ goes into your heart. Amen. Oh, happy day. Happy day, we sang it. When, what did? When Jesus, when Jesus washed my sins away. I used to sing it when I was four or five years old. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. The big question today is not is God speaking, but are we listening?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to
0: cut my, my message, Sears. The other word that he gives them, the church there, the Lord, a word of warning. Do you know he warns the church there? In verse 19, let's look at verse 19. I advise you, he says, I advise you to buy from, uh, pardon me, verse 19. Those whom I love, first, he loves us. Those whom I love, I reprove. I will discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and what? And repent. That's a warning. Don't take it lightly. I'm warning you. Though I'm outside, you still have a chance. You still have a chance. I don't want you to be lukewarm anymore. Neither cold. I want you to be zealous for me. I want to be I want to see you on fire for me. Repent. He was so kind. He was so kind. He says, I love you first, and he loves you. This is the discipline of the church 2,000 years ago. Do you think, as we are discussing this, the situation of the church today in our 21st century, yes or no? Do you think it is? Absolutely. Absolutely, thank you. I think it's worse today than it was then. If the words of the Lord were repent then over 2,000 years ago, what do you think it's going to be today? What do you think he's asking the churches today? Repent and return to me and open the door of your hearts and take me. You know what happens? Affluence has made many churches satisfied and And we have, you know, the profit and loss at the end of the year is plus. They're happy. They're making money. They can pay the staff, and there's still more money, and they're collecting. And this is what he says, I am rich, and I'm wealthy. Verse 17, I have no need for nothing, but you need Jesus. Church, you need Jesus. And you do not know that you are so wretched, so miserable, so poor, and blind and naked. I was reading a financial report. I I read that about five, six years ago. That one of the great churches, big churches, nominal church, that if they withdraw their money from the European market, they are European, all Europe will collapse. They are on the stock exchange, and they hold the stock exchange in their mercy. And if they withdraw that investment, the stock market European will go down. I'm wealthy. You know one thing? If you want to claim wealth, Claim it in having the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen. If you're clothed, you're clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And this is why he told them, you are naked. I read a comment on the Church of Laodicea written by William Barclay. He comments on it in 1957. 1957, about 61 years ago. I want to read it to you. Bear with me and we'll end with that. He says there is a strangely modern situation here. The Laodiceans were the people who put their trust in material prosperity, in outward luxury, and in physical health. They put their trust in the things of the world and in things of time. They tried to build a lasting civilization on material benefits. There is a sense in which that is exactly what the principle, or what the welfare state seeks to do today. Do you remember what's happening? Did you read? The welfare state is doing that today. It is easy for a state to act on the principle. Give men better housing conditions better pay, better working conditions, look after their physical health and it has never been looked after before. And what happened? Then the golden age will come. Heaven will come upon earth and all will be well. And this is what that universal church is trying to do today. That was written 61 years ago and that was written by the Lord over 2,000 years ago. He goes on to say, we must make no mistake. These things are noble things. These things must must be given to men. I like that. And the church must be heart and soul behind every movement which seeks to give them. But these things are not all. Listen to this. The man who receives a new house and a new health must also be changed. The aim of Christianity is not so much to change conditions as it is to change the hearts of men. For if men are changed, the conditions will inevitably be changed. But if men are not changed, the conditions will certainly relapse into the old ways or become progressively worse. The church of Laodicea stand as a warning to those who remember intensely that man has a body and forget completely that man has a soul. It stands as a warning to those who put their trust in material things and who leave out God completely. We are rich. We are in need of nothing. How many times you hear it? Oh, I'd rather say we are poor, and we need Christ. And this is what happened. And this is how the church deteriorated. And this is in such a condition. And his advice at the end, he says, as I said in my introduction, Open the door. Let Christ come in. We all know that the church, I think you agree with me, the church is made of people. After all, the churches also are no better than their members. Do you agree with that? We made the church. Now, this is what I want to leave you with. Ask yourselves this question What kind of church would this church be if every member were just like me? Let me repeat that. What kind of church would this church be if every member were just like me? This is the appeal. Of Christ to us. We have the facility. We have good programs. We have dignified worship service. We have wonderful people. Let's make sure that he is not left out. That he's in, that where two or three are gathered together, he's not outside. He's the center of our worship and the heart of our church. Let them fight. Let them wage wars against the cross of Christ. We believe in it. We shall continue. We are not going to be lukewarm. We're not going to be neither hot nor cold. We are going to be what God wants us to be. Christians. True Christians. To honor him. And live for him. And for me to die is Christ. But to live is again for him. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. And bless this church. And bless us. And be on the alert. Be on the alert. And let us go forward. With the message we have. In Jesus name. Amen. Bow our heads for prayers. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning. I pray. That you will not leave this place. Without taking him in. Open the doors of your heart. And say Lord Jesus. Come in. Dine with me. And I will dine with you. I guarantee you it will be the best meal you've ever had. Take him as your Savior. Lord, as we commit these few words into your care and this congregation in your hands, help us, Lord, not to be lukewarm, but to be on the go for you, loving you and honoring you. And if there's anything with us that calls for laziness or lukewarmness, take it away and help us to know that these are the last days, and we should do like the disciples did in the past, preach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. God bless you and be with you.